0: Today on American Glutton, I'm talking with actress and mother of two, Erica Christensen. I've known Erica for many, many years, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. Our producer, Narod, said it was like listening to two people standing in their kitchen talking, which I found to be a huge compliment. Please enjoy. You can find Erica on Instagram at Erica Christensen. Erica Christensen, welcome to the American Glutton podcast.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm very excited. I was going
0: to call you EC, and then I was yeah. like, but then that's that's weird because people don't know.
1: I know. There's. I think there's going to be a lot of things where I'm going to have to catch myself and explain what I'm talking about because I'm not just talking to you.
0: Right. Talking to other people. <sighs> yes. We're whispering into the minds of other people.
1: Yes, we're sharing very 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 many things.
0: We've exercised together a lot.
1: Many hours more than most people.
0: Yeah. Which is crazy.
1: It's really it's so intensely like emotional and I am I'm very grateful.
0: It was good exercise. It was
1: really good.
0: Yeah, it's been a while. Been it's a long been time.
1: It's been a while. We both quit yeah, basically. Pretty much.
0: <laughs> you know, the what we're talking about is riding bicycles out into the, in the world yeah and some spin classes yeah um but it uh, that is one of the things where we both became quite good at it and in order to stay good you got to spend a lot of time doing it
1: yeah it's it's it was actually a short period of time relatively speaking you had already been riding a year when you told me to buy a bike, and I did, yeah. like, the next day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we did, like, I mean, a 30-mile ride on day one for you, yeah. right? Yeah, It
1: was actually—well, it was 45 from my house. Right. Yeah.
0: Right, because that was the big thing. I was like, <laughs> we don't drive our bikes anywhere. We just ride them.
1: There are so many things like that, those rules that were laid in, spoken or unspoken, that I have not been able to take out. Yeah. They're still there. Type
0: of socks we wear. Oh, yeah. All of it. And
1: all of amazing. the stupid little things. I definitely, like, the elitism is part of the appeal of it. Yeah. And I definitely judge people who don't know the rules. Oh,
0: for sure. <laughs> what? Uh, there's a lot of people who ride bikes around my in my neighborhood. And when I see a dude with a mountain bike helmet on a road bike, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, he doesn't know the rules. He doesn't
1: know the rules. He's not
0: a hard man.
1: <laughs> the Voluminati are very proud of us right now. Yeah. Um. The, yeah, that's—but basically, like— If we're going to talk about the experience, because I like the the show is so much about exercise as as much as as it is about diet and and food and all that. The mentality, like there are so many things that are barriers that just were meaningless to us. Yeah. You know, getting up at 5 a.m., putting on a stupid superhero outfit, going out into the freezing, dark, cold morning. And and you know, stranding yourself essentially in the hills of Malibu, a thousand miles from your house, like none of that mattered. Right. None of that was ever gonna stop us. And even like it was Cole that started doing the,
0: Cole's your uh, husband. Cole's
1: my husband, who was Who is like a,
0: a god. Let's <laughs> be like, honest.
1: Who's like cycling Adonis. Yeah. Um and he's the one that's like oh it's raining i don't want to ride and i was like what are you talking about no, like you ride
0: no matter what ride. Yeah. this
1: is los angeles we can't complain about the weather it doesn't matter we're getting out there and he's like i have ridden all over the country in the rain and the snow i don't i have nothing to prove here right you go ahead yeah <laughs> but yeah there those those things i think are so valuable and uh, i keep them with me in the warm Soft bed when I sleep in and don't exercise. Yeah. I remember that I'm capable of those things.
0: Sure. those. And by the way, you'll have that knowledge forever. Yeah. And it is, it is really interesting, I think, because um, if I look at any of the various modes of exercise that I've employed uh, over the past however many years, that the finding something that I just immediately go like, oh, this is fun. That's such a game changer because bikes, like I had been going to the gym and working out with trainers at that point for a couple of years and I just didn't enjoy it. It wasn't something that Uh, I needed to do. It was like, uh, four o'clock on Wednesday, I gotta go do this thing. And bicycling was never that.
1: It was never that. I, I actually like lifting weights and already knew So do I. Yeah. And, but, and I, I liked like the gym is like a a playground you know if you go to a, a nice big gym where there's a thousand machines and and free bars somewhere and I, like i i say free bars like does that make sense i just mean there's not there's not a wait to, to get to a bar yes um but it's definitely so different like you you had to hold me back i i would not i would i would mike carlson our friend laughed at me because It was like soon after I started writing, I had a TV appearance uh, on a morning show, and they asked, you know, it was scheduled for a Friday, and I was like, "No, can we make it a Thursday, please?"
0: Right. I have a bike ride. I have a bike ride on Friday, and you were riding your bike to work, weren't you? Yeah,
1: I was. I was commuting, and then, you know, that never counts as a ride. So if I could also do a ride that day, that would be great. Or if I could take the long way, which I did because I lived in Los Feliz and I was working at Universal. So I would go through Griffith Park. Right,
0: because it's a hill. And, and The other way is flat. Why uh, would Yeah, you why that? would I
1: go? Well, there's actually no flat way. You could go over Coinga Pass, which is kind of gnarly, just like with traffic and stuff. Or you could go through the park, which is pretty. And one of the best days I had was it was winter. So the sun was setting at, you know, 5 p.m. or whatever. And it was... Rising early enough that on my way to work the sun was rising, and on my way home from work the sun was setting. Wow! So just both ways, I was like, I love my life. Yeah. I'm riding my bike to and from work, a job that I love, of course. But it's such a it's such a different perspective on the world around you. I'm sure skaters have a completely different perspective on the world around them. Yeah, that is way different and beyond and i'm sure that's amazing but
0: does it do do you think it i mean it did for me did it add empathy for you when you're now in traffic and there's a dude on his bike and it's like you know they come up but then they get in front of you and it's like now now you're gonna go slower until you can get around them (laughs) and all of this like i remember at 25 years old that would infuriate me and now i'm just like I love that you're doing that.
1: I I do have empathy for that. And, I mean, obviously, I've been that person. And I'm like, it, you know, if it's a narrow climb and there's, there's no way that they can get around me. And I'm just, I've got my head down and I'm like, I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going as fast as I can for you, man. <laughs> this yeah. is all I got right now. But Cole is also super practical and will be like, is it 30 seconds you think you're going to have to wait? Maybe 30 seconds? Right. You think you can handle 30 seconds? Yeah. Okay.
0: It's not the end of the world.
1: I'll be okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what um, are you doing now?
1: Well, so now, well, wait, wait, let's, let's back okay, up Okay, let's go back. The, you, you've had a whole progression. So cycling, then I, then I went into weightlifting too. Like I, I never, I've never gotten into CrossFit. Um, although I am super competitive. Um you might like
0: CrossFit.
1: I might. I might, but I'm also, I, I just I just don't want to hurt myself. And right. I have hurt myself in the gym. I one time I was at the bottom of a squat and my body gave out, and I basically I got out of it a lot easier than I could. I mean, it would have been gnarly. I don't know, but I know. But basically, my body folded forward, Ooh. and the the bar rolled over my neck. Ooh. You know, like, and I was okay, but I was like, that cannot ever happen. Again. Yeah, and like that was not okay. And then,
0: and we've both have bike crashes.
1: Oh yeah, I was with you. Yeah, I was with you on your crash. Yeah, I mean the crash
0: the crash the the, yeah, the crashes. Big one. yeah that's right <laughs> yeah. yeah we were in the hospital brandy was so angry oh my god
1: i don't blame her i mean there well see when i broke my wrist on mandeville that was a saturday didn't know i broke it uh literally left king's road like all right guys see you tomorrow was gonna ride on sunday yeah and then hours later that afternoon, somebody was like, you actually need to go to the hospital because that swelling is not good. And I went to the hospital. I was like, no way. When I found out I broke it, I was so like I was fine with the pain. I didn't care. It was it was all good. But as soon as I knew that it was broken and that I have to wear a cast and then I would have to call work and say, I'm so sorry. Right. On Saturday, between Friday and Monday, you know, I broke my wrist and I'm going to show up.
0: And you guys Continuity have Continuity goes it out. out the window.
1: Yeah. We're going to have to reshoot scenes. I'm going to also have to explain having a cast. And it was so fresh that I also had to hold it up, too. Really? <laughs> so I'm literally doing scenes like this with my hand in the air. Like, ah, this is... And then I've shown up with, like, one of those times that I wrote through Griffith. It was raining. And I slipped. And I came in with, like, a, just a gash on my knee. And I was like, well, that's... yeah. Sorry.
0: This has become a major part because I, I did do CrossFit mm-hmm. and hurt myself. Yeah. And uh, had to have a knee surgery. <sighs> and so when I go into the gym now, everything is I, – listen, I think you can be overly safe. Like, we could all be so safe we never leave our house. Right. You know? So it's not that. But it is – like. I see dudes at the gym putting up huge numbers Mm. with weight. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna stick to a rep range of eight to twelve because that's never gonna be something that's gonna that I can't get up. Yeah. That's gonna crush me. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna like destroy anything doing straight leg deadlifts. If I can do 12 of them, it's pretty light. Yeah, yeah,
1: totally. I mean, for, I, I guess for girls like that's, or maybe 10 is a good rep range anyway. And I, well, that's the other time that I, I, I don't even know what to call it, but I crunched my hip, okay. basically. internally crunched my hip yeah. on a deadlift and was like, I, I don't know what happened, but something's wrong. <laughs> went to the chiropractor and he was like, oh yeah, that's going to take a while to heal. Right. Like. You're gonna you're, you're not gonna doing this yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, you're gonna feel that for six weeks and yeah. you can't you can't keep doing it. And I was like, oh my God, this is a real, this is an actual injury.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The other but, thing I think about too is the 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 mentality of like leave it all in the gym. I'm like, I'm looking at six week cycles. Like I get yeah. I get a down week on my sixth or seventh week typically yeah where it's like a real easy week to allow my body to rest i have to be able to do this
1: for the entire
0: four six weeks and if i leave it all in the gym every day i don't know that i make it through week two
1: yeah see that's what's that's where you know my ego like i i have to like knock it back down because there's even, you know, I would, one of my younger brothers is.
0: Oh, who are both Adonises, who are too. Both,
1: yeah. They're six foot three. And, and one of them, particularly, has been lifting consistently now for years. And he's super built. And so we can both nerd out about all of this stuff. So I was in the gym one time and I was taking videos of myself and texting them to in between sets and he was like you have to go lighter like right. your form is your form is not good and i was like how frustrating is that that i can go heavier but not right like right. i'm not getting low enough on the squat or or you know or my back is starting to round on the deadlift or whatever it is and it's so hard for me to understand that like well if i can do it then i can do it no no right. you, you you have to be able to do it right
0: this is so wild clementine the other day all right, this was a while ago actually, but she was like, "Dad, I deadlifted all this weight." And and my reaction was like, "Why?" Oh, wow. "Why did you do that?" And she was like, "Cuz the boys were doing it." And so and and so I was like, "I'm going to try that too." And I was just oh. like, "Did you warm up? Did they show you form?" Like these are the things that are haunting me. You know, I I respect powerlifters, mm-hmm. but I have no when I when I think about all these numbers, I'm like, if I can't do it 12 times, it really is meaningless. And I don't have to do it 12 times on my fourth or fifth set. It could be less. Oh my God, I've you're doing four myself. or five sets? I mean, by week six, yeah. Oh the God. volume has been, has gone crazy by week six. It's four or five sets of That's whatever amazing. I'm doing. Um, if it's so heavy, like the number, it's just like, I okay, have 500 pounds deadlift. All right, I'll do it one <laughs> yeah. time and then like what does that do for me?
1: You get to tell everyone about it. Yeah, but I, don't I even, know these I know. The numbers are it totally doesn't...
0: arbitrary cuz there's totally. always going to be somebody stronger.
1: Yeah. Always, always. And that's a that's a frustrating thing too is like you have to keep all the relativity within your own experience and your own body and yeah. your own goals and all of that because Every time I get a little bit like, damn, I'm really fit right now. Then I see some girl and I'm like, all right, never mind.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I had this with CrossFit for the very brief time that I did that before I hurt myself. Um, where I came from cycling. Yeah. So I, I could go like, I could ride 200 miles, no problem. Yeah. And be fine and do <laughs> yeah. it the next day and the next day. So I come into CrossFit. That's all I have. I don't lift weights. I don't do anything but that. And I get on a rowing machine and it turns out nobody in this whole CrossFit gym can approach me on a rowing machine. So I'm like, I got this all day long, but I can't do anything else. (laughs) Burpees, kettlebell swings, that's competitive with any of these guys. And it drove me crazy.
1: Yeah, there's got to be, I mean, again, I guess it goes back to defining your goals right and if if your goals are basic well if your goals right now are getting a six-pack <laughs> right. but your goals are like overall well-being and strength and having a good time while while you know approaching those things then it's definitely a lot like it, it takes the like anxiety and urgency out of it and and can put you in a place of like Approaching this in a timely manner. yeah, building upon a foundation of fitness. I'm I'm just I think probably just too inconsistent because my goals are unspecific. right. My goals are just like look better. <laughs> you know right And my my body composition has changed so much over the years.
0: Yes, I mean, okay, fair like, good point yeah. because what we're talking about with riding bikes, at that point in your life you're not a mom that's got to be a major change yeah. i can't imagine this is one of those cr- crazy things when i think about male and female bodies i don't know the appropriate current way to talk about no, this no i know but, but, but
1: like you're like, born with a uterus okay, or not whatever
0: however the, yeah. whatever the nomenclature is I a think person who can the- who can give birth
1: yeah yeah
0: i i go like that's Wild, like that is amazing and wild. And hormonally, I cannot relate, it's at crazy.
1: All. And it definitely is like hormonally, there are a lot of differences. And I'm, I with the competitive thing, also, there's a sort of a masculinity, and like my testosterone levels are a little higher, which hey, it's the chicken or the egg there. But, um, I think that. It's been really beneficial for me in the way that I eat to finally recognize that I have a female body and that I need to do things a little bit differently because that affinity for extremes is stressful on a body. And so I can be like, sure, you know, we're going to do intermittent fasting and I'm going to have 18 hours every day of not eating. And I can do that mentally. But I could feel that my body would get stressed out. I could feel that I wouldn't be able to sleep as well. Like, literally, my hands would puff up with stress. Yeah. And, like, I couldn't sleep. And and my hunger could be, like, randomly insatiable and all these things. And I finally saw, like, basically, a you know, keto guru on YouTube say, by the way, and I've read things before about you know, keto for women and how it can be different and you need more carbs and whatever. I was like, yeah, whatever. Because mentally, I'd have no problem. Like, I could be carnivore, sure. Right. Watch this. Yeah. And so it took this one guy breaking it down and saying, okay, you need to have, if you're going to be doing intermittent fasting, try every other day. If you're going to be having uh, cheat days, try them, cheat days or refeed or whatever. You need to eat some more carbs. Try that a little more frequently. And I used to go, weeks without, quote, cheating, right. just for the mental exercise of it, because I could, and I was proud of myself. But I finally was like, all right, okay, so let's try this once a week. Okay, so let's, and then it, it shortened and shortened and shortened. And all of a sudden, me personally now, I've finally discovered that like every three or four days, I need to eat a bag of chips. Right. Like a family-sized bag of chips. Okay. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll on those days, and I don't eat very much fat, So it's like protein and a lot of fat, or on that day, protein and a bag of chips. (laughs) Like that's my thing. Yeah. And my body feels so much better. Like it doesn't stress out. I don't know if it's the starvation mode or whatever it is, but what set me off on this whole thing is just that I think partially that's just it's just a female thing that you need more carbs. Um, and I'm sure there are many women who would disagree with me on that. Yeah, but
0: but that's okay. I mean, look, at the end of the day, what we're talking about is not science in the way that science is done, where we go like the speed of light is 300,000 kilometers per second, which, let's be honest, if it, <laughs> if it gets near a black hole, it slows down a little right, bit. Right, there you go, that's variable too. Right, so yep. these absolutes that we have scientifically, it's also like, how are we measuring this? We're measuring it with today's tools. Uh, 100 years ago, the tools were not as good. I imagine 100 years from now, the tools will be better. So we can go statistically, here's what this looks like. Yeah. But we're also individuals with preferences. And like, what does that mean for me at the end of the day is like, uh, are carbs necessary for life? No. You can live without carbohydrates. Sure do is my life better <laughs> for me personally with carbs yes it, is. yes it is that's it that's the end of it for me it's yeah. just like is this working for you fucking awesome keep doing it <laughs> that's great you know
1: yeah that's a I know the 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 individuality of you know essentially the morality that we assign to things we were just talking about that too and that's it is so personal, because even things that we think, like, objectively, this is true. Right. Somebody's still like, um, yeah, but I'm going to continue to smoke cigarettes. Right. whatever." Like, I understand, but I like them, and I this mean, is my this thing, is you know? Lo- like, this
0: is so good that we're talking about this, <laughs> because I have so, oh, my God, so many thoughts. Um, if somebody told me cyanide was delicious... <laughs> would you try it i wouldn't eat cyanide
1: (laughs) no no you couldn't
0: convince me that it was so delicious (laughs) that i should start sprinkling it on my food right not gonna happen right but if i looked at a culture that has consumed something like msg for a long time right and they're all going our food tastes better with this stuff right and then i go okay and like it's actually not just a man-made invention. It exists in other things like tomatoes and parmesan cheese and shellfish. Right. And all no, of this. I know
1: this conversation, but that's different, don't you think? Don't you think the natural form of it could be different? Of course. Could could have different effects. Of course. Physically.
0: For sure. I mean,
1: cause pile on the Parmesan, like that's the secret to everything, by the way. Just put Parmesan on it. You know. And what? garlic salt because of the MSG. I know. I know. Because of the free glutamate. Yeah. But I feel like that's probably I would make that choice. I would grab the container of store-bought fake, you know, non-caking Parmesan before I would grab next to it the spice rack with MSG.
0: Maybe. Sure. Yeah. I'm I can see I I do try. This is my this is my desire with everything yeah. is to see differences. I only want to see differences. I do not ever want to go, this is the same as this, is the same as this. That's my intention.
1: That's brilliant.
0: So when we come to this, yes, MSG is clearly different than what you would find in Parmesan cheese that adds that umami flavor. Mm -hmm. And even if we tried to melt Parmesan cheese down and separate this molecule... It would even still be different because I, I think that at some point the the combination of molecules, it's like the difference between juice and whole fruits. Right. They're different. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, one, you've just taken it out and put it in another form. Okay, but you've separated the fiber. The fiber helps the slowing of the digestion of the, of the, the carbohydrates. Like the Yeah. Are, so these are all different. Yeah. They're not the same. At the same time, I go... What are you telling me? What is the science saying? What is this bad thing? Oh, there's the Asian flu.
1: What does that mean?
0: I've never had the Asian flu. What's the Asian flu? (sighs) Well, you eat that. You'll feel like shit. I, I didn't feel like shit. No. No, you will. And you'll overeat. Okay, I've overeaten a lot in my life.
1: but if we could blame it on MSG, that would be awesome.
0: If it was MSG, <laughs> that would be awesome. By the way, I'm not fucking ripping fat lines of MSG. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm not scared of it either because it, I've had no I've had no Asian flu. I've had no I've not noticed that since I've put in a strict diet that I'll eat a bowl of something with MSG in it and then
1: go, I must have another. This has not happened for well, me. Well, see, but that's personal, and that's awesome. That's right. I think I think I have had the like I'm hungry an hour later phenomenon.
0: Right. But fine. you know what does that for me? Sushi.
1: Oh, a thousand percent. And I, But there's d- no fat. in I don't it.
0: think there's any MSG in it. There's no, there's no it satiation.
1: Right. It's just rice and fish. There's no. It,
0: I'll like, I'll crush sushi to the point where I'm like your stomach hurts, like dying, right? And an yeah. hour later, I'm hungry. <laughs> totally. You know, Um, but, but this is the, this is the wonderful thing about like what we're talking about. Like if you eat this and you get a headache, don't fucking eat it. Right. I get it. But like, we're going to say it's bad. I could say sugar is bad. I, but I don't believe it.
1: I mean, I, I, I feel like (laughs) back to the fact that it's personal, some, you know, coffee, Right. There's another huge one. With you on the coffee. Like, if I had ever tried drugs, we know that I would have gone the uppers route. Okay. Like, I am a coffee person. Yeah. Um, And there have been times in my life where my body was more sensitive and I could feel that it stressed me out. And so I was like, well, this sucks. I'm going to have to ease back on the coffee. Or I would go through these cycles where my caffeine consumption would, like, grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And then I'd have to knock it off and take a little sabbatical and like reset my my sensitivity <clears throat> so I didn't have my tolerance and I could start low again. But it's, it's those things like, well, if it stresses your body out, cool, don't do it, obviously. yeah. If you're cool with it, do it. Go That's for it. it. And I know that a lot of people have that. With alcohol, people's bodies react differently. My body hates alcohol. And thankfully, I've never had to like go against that. It's just never computed for me as part of my life.
0: Yeah. Alcohol is actually a really, really great one. Because while we could talk about MSG, I do think it becomes more abstract. Mm -hmm. Alcohol, you can show uh, alcohol poisoning actually killing someone. Yeah, of course. Um, You can show car accidents that led to death. Due to intoxication from Mm -hmm. alcohol. That is just true.
1: Yeah. And people know from their own experiences, like, I blacked out. (laughs) I have no recall. Right. What occurred that? Yeah. For
0: me. Yeah. I don't do well drinking. I have had all forms of alcohol in all quantities (laughs) and it didn't go well. But I'll sit and watch my wife drink and It doesn't have this effect on her so how could i go like what you're doing is bad because it's not i know
1: it's 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 cool to be I, i think this is maybe one of the benefits of getting older is like being able to have a conversation like this because all of the gray area is life like that's where it all is yeah
0: don't go anywhere we'll be right back These things we're talking about are always a perspective. Mm -hmm. And so I go, there's no more validity to how I feel about alcohol than there is to how I feel about ice cream. I could fucking spend, waste my time figuring out an argument that would show how people died from eating ice cream. Right. I could do that. Sure. Because I think you can do that with anything. I could try. I mean, listen, there's scientific or papers that say eating a piece of meat is awful. And there right. are papers that say eating a piece of meat is the healthiest thing you can do. Yeah. These exist. Yeah. People have spent and put a lot of effort into these oppositional points of view. Yeah. They're points of view.
1: Yeah. And- I mean the I I guess what we're getting at is that the idea that one could be right or one could be wrong is the whole problem because getting into drugs is an interesting other facet that we should talk about yeah. because I want to hear what you have to say about that but
0: I've done them all just about.
1: I know but um the the thing like taking meat it's it's definitely how you feel again like it's so it's so clear how it feels when you put something in your body right you know and and that's as far as food you know with drugs like you may feel fantastic right <laughs> for a period of time but with well, food like okay with food
0: here's the argument i would make but again this is all anecdotal because this was my experience yeah i couldn't recognize how different foods made me feel mm-hmm. until I had some altitude and some separation from mm-hmm. them. So I was crushing fast food every single day, day in, day out for years. And I generally felt the same. I was, right. you know, what however I felt grew on me so slowly over so much time and it accumulated so gradiently that I just was like constantly kind of physically miserable. Yeah, But it wasn't, if I, the difference is if I woke up tomorrow feeling that way, it would be shocking. But this is, this took decades to get to this point. So it wasn't, so I required personally some separation Mm -hmm. to go like, How does my body feel when I eat, you know, a a biggie, a frosty from Wendy's, and I'm dipping fries in it? (laughs) Right? Yeah. yeah. My body doesn't feel good when I eat that anymore. (laughs) Right. But it was, it was kind of par for the course before. So in that way, I don't know really how my body would feel if I went vegan or carnivore because I haven't actually done either of those things.
1: Right. From a new baseline of knowing what it feels like to actually be healthy. Yeah. Like to have energy. Healthy. Well, to have energy, sure. right? To
0: have energy and to be in this state where I'm feeling so much better than I was and that is something I can determine to be true.
1: Yeah. And and you have nothing that that needs to be diagnosed, nothing requiring medication right now, right? Like, yeah. You're healthy. I'm healthy. Yeah.
0: Yes, by the standards that are laid out for us. Yes. Well, I mean, I, we could I, contrast
1: it with illness. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, that's you're right. Like if you don't if you've never felt that, then then you maybe wouldn't know what feels right. But, you know, people that that have interest in this and have experimented and have been like, okay, I'm cutting out dairy, or I'm cutting out red meat, or I'm cutting out gluten, I'm cutting out sugar, whatever it is. Like I think all of those things. If you're doing it out of curiosity, then cool. Right. If you're doing it to try and solve something, then likely they they will help. Right, and then you get to a better place physically, where that your inflammation has gone down, or you do have more energy, your digestion is improved, whatever it is that you're trying to get at, and then you can probably go back to eating whatever you were eating before in maybe more moderate amounts or whatever, and that's. I mean, that's again, this is all just from my viewpoint and my experience of being like for years and years and years and years, I never ate grains. I never ate legumes. I never ate sugar. And if I did, it was like a crazy like worth the Golden Globes, like eat every piece of candy that you can find, you know, like whatever. But other than that, it was just like, no, I eat eggs and chicken and vegetables and I eat super healthy, right? So, but it was, I was mentally like locked into that. And I had to do a bunch of things that were not directly related to those, you know, eating things that we could just call healthy um, to improve my health. And so now I'm at a point where I understand more about it and I understand my own body. And now I, I eat wheat and dairy and legumes and sugar and all of it, but in a way that works for me and from a place of health, from a place where I had the energy to exercise, my body composition isn't requiring a a major overhaul, you know, my blood sugar is fairly stable. I've had two kids, whatever that does to my hormones and things, you know, like just and I think even though it was whatever ten years ago when we logged those several thousand miles on the bike, I don't think that goes away. I don't know. Maybe you're, all of your cells turn over within seven years. So maybe it's gone now. I, right? Well <laughs> but,
0: I, I, listen, again, I, this is this I, I don't know, but uh talking to scientists and 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 of the like, they do talk about muscle memory and yeah. they do talk about how y- if you've programmed your body in certain ways, it will remember. Yeah. You know, this is my major thing now of like n- not um, ever going like I'm just going to relax and not think about anything because I think it can go the other way and your fat cells can go like we also remember being right. much larger than we are. Yeah. And we're going to urge towards that to some degree.
1: Yeah, totally. I
0: also want to say – And this is a point that Brandy um, gets very frustrated with me about. And she goes, well, this nihilistic existentialistic view of the world where there can be no truth. That (laughs) is not that is not what I'm saying. I am not saying nothing can be true. Mm -hmm. I'm saying I can determine truth for myself. And in doing that. I will not ever determine truth for another because I do not think I can do that. That is what I cannot do. And then she will take it to the most extreme points and like say like, so if somebody comes into the house and attacks your children, that's okay. We should just let them do that because it's true. And I go like, no, No. (laughs) because- I have determined that it is my job to stop that if that is occurring. Right. And sorry if that's your truth and you're coming in here to do that to my kids, I will stop you. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not I'm not it's not a a a moral free for all where everybody can behave in whatever way they want. That's not what I'm saying.
1: I totally get that. And I it's it's it comes down to just the personal responsibility for determining the effects caused by your own actions and whether you like them, whether you intend them. That's it. You know, whether whether you're cool with them. Yeah. Because a lot of the times the choices are between the two evils. You want to choose the lesser of the two evils, you know. But I think that people haven't—I mean, this is a massive generalization— but people, all of us, have not necessarily examined things to the point where we have determined our own truths. And so that's where I think there's a validity in sharing your viewpoint. Yeah. Because even it gives someone something with which to compare other ideas. Whether they agree with you or not, it's still valuable for them to examine what you think. Yeah. And you say, this is what I believe. This is what I think is right. Blah, 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 blah. And, it's just it's just a valuable thing to to spark communication. Totally and thought, you know. Yeah,
0: I'm so, I'm all about like, hey, this is what worked for me, but I also think there's some value in like looking at work what worked for that guy because maybe you'll fall more over in that area with your preferences. So I'm not going to say like, let's not look at that data,
1: right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I, and again. I'm, never, I'm not talking about, like, a guy's got a knife to your throat. Sure. And let's just try to assume that he has a life and a point of view and, and you know, something led him here and it's all been morally rationalized on his part. Yeah. And now let him cut your throat because his truth is valid, too. This is not what I'm saying. I don't. You know what I mean? If, yeah. if somebody is going, like, you're 500 pounds, come into the hospital and we'll cut 300 pounds off of you and you got 95% chance of dying but we can do that and it's easy i'm going to go like please don't do that that doesn't sound like a good idea to me
1: yeah just well just based on the odds i right. mean mathematically speaking it's not a, not the best choice yeah but hey i, I mean I, it's my opinion i am
0: not going to stand <laughs> in front of the doctor's office and physically restrain you from doing this but i will say i don't think it's a good idea mm. you know but when it comes to like veganism and carnivore mm-hmm. and um keto and intermittent fasting and fit for life and all
1: of these diets i'm like first personal do you remember that f- one hell yeah oh my god try it maybe that's the one for you well it was the one for me because i got real underweight on that one okay. i turned into a bobblehead <laughs> right. it was crazy yeah it was it was real weird because there's a thing where you you have your goal weight and then they make you go below that by a good amount
0: right you know to give you a cushion
1: yeah which i was like cool because then i literally ate 2 pints of ice cream
0: and you're at your goal weight <laughs> and,
1: I'm, and i'm back right but and it, it, that was really weird for me to look at my body and be like oh i I don't look good in this photo. I look ill. Like I, I I finally, finally found it as an adult, underweight, cool. Got to come back. My brothers were like, "Dude, stop, stop, stop what you're doing." Yeah, Yeah. I was like, "But I can't. I got to go through the program. I'm not allowed to just stop." There's a, you know, the maintenance phase and whatever. And they were like, "Okay, good. Just stop, please, as soon as you can. Right. Come back to us." But I was, I was literally, 106 pounds, which
0: is that, is that, like, a number where gals are, like, 106 pounds is the weight that is? I it. have
1: no idea. But for me and my frame, which is a lot smaller than I knew, at my height, which is almost 5'5", I lost so much muscle. Yeah. That's the thing that near the end of that period, I went to lift up just, like, my cruiser bike, which weighs whatever Forty pounds or something, and I couldn't lift it, and it scared me really bad. Right, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't, I'm I can't weak. use my body anymore." Like, yeah. yeah, it doesn't do the things that it's supposed to do. Yeah. So that was that was in what, like two thousand nine, two thousand, maybe that was like eight, seven or eight. Actually, I don't know. And then, and then,
0: and then we were riding. And bikes then we were riding bikes, that. and I
1: think that's. For me, like, as much as it was, as much as, well, the addiction had several aspects. Like, definitely, I'm prone to extremes. That's cool. That That is a a place where you can go to extremes really easily, as all cyclists know. You can definitely, like, lose your job. Yeah. <laughs> right? You can just be like, I need to be doing this for six hours every day. Right. Or eight hours every day, so I, I can't hold a job. Um, but it was also socially, like, our crew, I I know how intensely appealing that group was to me. And, like, you know, Cole will be like, why don't you go on a ride with my friends? And I'm like, no, thanks. Let's, you go ahead. Right.
0: Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. By the way, Cole and his friends were super intimidating to me.
1: Oh, yeah, they're I all mean, the <laughs>
0: nicest guys They'll wait for you at the top of the hill, but they, like just we had a crew that was a little bit more mellow. That was my perception.
1: I think so too. I think they I think, you know, me coming into it the way that I did, the way I came like, like just balls out, I think everyone appreciated just how hard I was trying. And recognize, like, well, she just started. And a year later, she still just started, you know? Right. But within four months, I had done my first century, you yeah. know? And I didn't hit it as hard as Anthony did. Remember, Anthony did the gauntlet, like, within the first week. We're yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah.
0: And he got toasted, too.
1: Well, sure. Yeah. How do you—I would get toasted any, any day, on my fittest day, maybe.
0: But you remember the next day. I
1: would. I do remember there was one day where I did sixty miles just with our crew in the morning. Like I think it was uh out to Cross Creek, just flat, 60 miles, cool. And then that evening did Angela's crest with Cole. And he was like, Wait, you did 60 miles this morning? And right. and now you're doing the crest, which is <clears throat> I don't we must have not driven, because who would do that? So that would have been another, you know, another 60 miles, but yeah. <clears throat> all climb. And I was like, this is cool. This yeah. is cool that that this morning's 60 miles doesn't matter. Right. Has no bearing on this evening's 60, 60 miles, yeah, 60 yeah, we're miles or whatever. you just going to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, but wait, I feel like I had a point too about, oh, uh, me falling into cycling with you guys. I feel like actually my body was built to do that like my body was built to ride bikes yeah uh I don't know if the, just my natural strength is in my quads and you know that's just how I was made and so I just got lucky to finally figure out
0: what's the thing I'm yeah here's at.
1: something that I can do
0: yeah yeah that that is a super tricky spot too which I think for kids if you're presented with like soccer or volleyball or whatever sports kids play in school i just remember i have girls so it was all soccer and volleyball
1: yeah yeah um
0: i imagine if you have boys it's like wrestling and baseball and football maybe i don't know
1: yeah my brothers played football
0: yeah, your brothers look like they played football.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a question. Do you mind if no. I ask? No, Producer please. Narod here. So um this is so fascinating.
0: My boyfriend is a cyclist. Oh yeah. I've never cycled or anything, and he talks about the same like love and addiction that you do. And like, where does that come from? And what is that? What is that addiction with biking? Maybe people who don't bike don't quite understand. I think oh, you there's so many things. Here, but go ahead. So my perception was this, I, uh, structurally, I cannot run. I, for, mm. for what, for a host of ra- rationalizations that I've made, I yeah. have flat feet, collapsed arches, um, knock knee all of these issues that I, that I believe are from being so overweight for so long that when I went out and tried to run, it didn't work. <laughs> when i got on a bike i was able to pick up my cardio for long periods of time and i fully experienced this uh runner's high
1: yeah euphoria
0: total euphoria there's something about the the cadence of pedaling that becomes very um meditative and like zen and you're and And then you've, something happens chemically in the body, I think, after long periods of exertion, um, and this is all relative, obviously, a long period of exertion for some sedentary person is less than an ultra marathon runner. Um, But you get a feeling of euphoria and you feel good and you're doing it and feeling better and, and any kind of. Depression I was experiencing was gone, and I was positive, and you know,
1: yeah. There's, I, I think there's, there's three things. There's this, this. The first thing is like that double-sided benefit of moving your body so much, and so internally, your blood is being pumped throughout your body, and your muscles are being used, and everything. Right, in you get all the benefits of that, but you don't feel like you're exercising. So that's it's this trick where it's this magic trick where you're just having a good time and you go through you know periods of more exertion and less exertion and stuff like that. But it's it's just so good for your health that you just feel incredible and you can trick yourself into not realizing that you've been exercising for two hours. Um, and then the other thing is, I'm there are other sports that have this like surfing and skating and stuff like that, but. Being exposed to the world around you, there's so much to focus on out there, you know, to draw your attention outside of yourself and to draw your interest into, you know, not like lingering interest, but just passing interest into the world around you. We learned the street names of every little side street, you know, we we know the prettiest hills all throughout town. And we got to, like, that morning I got to see the sunrise and the that evening where I got to see the sunset, you know.
0: Weird hidden water faucets oh, off yeah. behind a mailbox because, you, you you know, you're 20 miles from anything where you could buy water. Like, these were interesting things in the mountains uh, along Santa Monica.
1: Yeah. and And there's just also something, I think, really spiritual from... The the detachment from the normal, whatever level you have of willingness to move your body, to go just way beyond that, and it makes you realize that you're a spiritual being and you're not your body, because it's just this thing you're dragging along for hundreds of miles, you know what I mean? You don't have to go hundreds of miles to experience all of these things, but another another one time that I remember just being like literally literally crying, out of like the euphoria, was we were in Malibu and we were on one of those big climbs. Maybe it was Topanga, and I'd been dropped by the faster people, and there were people behind me, so I was completely by myself. And it was a point where you could look and see all of the ocean, and I was just climbing, I was listening to music, I was listening to Cut Chemist's solo album, and looking out over the water and just crying, like, like life is so beautiful. And it was. it was in the moment, you know, I wasn't thinking about the fact that it would take me hours to get back to my house, but there's part of the inevitability of all of that, that You just settle in and you just accept it and you just do it. Like, I remember the very, very first time I had anyone, I had any awareness of an Uber. Someone called an Uber on a ride. Right. And I was like, what is this app? What are you doing? Right. I I, I think it was Is your
0: bike destroyed? Yeah. Or are you dead?
1: Yeah. (laughs) You're alive? Your bike is functioning? Yeah. I think, I think somebody, I think maybe there was a mechanical on the bike, but. Someone else called for that person, an Uber, and I was just like, wow, this is too weird for me. Right. Yeah. (laughs) We don't do that. No. I rode home. walk our bikes. I rode, yeah, I rode home with my, the whole sole of my shoe had shorn off. Yeah. It was still attached to the pedal. And I rode home with one leg from Mandeville all the way back to the shop to get, my shoe fixed and, and my bars fixed and my body fixed and everything. Because that's when I crashed on Mandeville and broke my arm.
0: But I rode all the way back. I will say that these rules, while we stuck to them very diligently, there is no real barrier to entry <laughs> other than buying a bike. Because you can find a flat road and ride a bike. And for a guy who was 550 pounds taking a walk hurt my knees and my ankles and my feet not it's still you know if i'm on my feet all day there's no cardiovascular stress but but i have joint joint issues yeah this is my lot in life that doesn't exist on a bike now there's things to get used to like it's a very narrow thing in your crotch. (laughs) Yeah. That was not comfortable at first.
1: But that doesn't take that long to get used to. It really doesn't. Your your body, I mean, it'll take a week of actively riding, but then your body's like, oh, this is not a problem anymore at all.
0: And for guys, occasionally you get numb nuts, literally, (laughs) which is not, which is scary. Everything still works. Um, Good. So, but I'm just saying like for a, for a bigger person who's looking for exercise, I think it's a really great exercise. It yeah. was a really great exercise for me. No
1: impact. Yeah. And, and really like, no, we've just done a huge, just sell on why to take up cycling, but moving through the world at a pace, you know, there's just, there's something really magical about it. If you've ever ridden on the back of a motorcycle or even just like in a convertible with the top down, like there's something really pleasurable. It feels like something that you should be doing.
0: Yeah. And, and, and especially for, we grew up in Los Angeles, we've driven our cars on almost all of these roads and nothing yeah. was really that new except some of the little pockets of the mountains. Mm-hmm. You're seeing it differently. You, when you're on a bicycle, I, I imagine it's what people on motorcycles experience mm-hmm. too. This kind, of, but you know, if I have to drive my car today from here to Santa Monica, I'm bummed. <laughs> That's not fun. But there was this thing of like looking at all these roads in a different way on a bike. You're moving at a different speed. You're seeing things from a different perspective. It, you're not enclosed. It's not just a concentration on who's in front of you and the lights.
1: Yeah, it it keeps you present, too, because, of course, there is an element of danger, but it's very healthy mentally to be kept present, you know, and some people just loathe riding in traffic. But that that should be part of the fun of it is like the video game of, you know, you don't have to be excessively dangerous or, you know, push yourself beyond where you're comfortable. But like we would ride between lanes of cars, you know, and it's. Especially if they're stopped at a light, and we're gonna go cut them in line. <laughs>
0: right, and slow them
1: down. <laughs> for thirty. Maybe seconds. slow them down, but we or we have to make a turn. I don't know. Um, we
0: were always very polite. We were a polite group.
1: I'm glad you think so. I, I think ultimately, <laughs> like we were, we were, we were not atrocious, but I was not all that considerate.
0: Uh, my point of view was always if, if I get into a fight with a car, the car wins, period. <laughs> so I don't want to get into a fight with a car.
1: Have you ever been hit by a car?
0: I got nudged yeah, by a car. Just a little, just a little rubbing? It just kind of like moved into me and knocked me down. Yeah. You know, it yeah. wasn't like he, he T-boned me. Right. But he he uh, overtook my area of the lane and... And just touched me ever so slightly, just enough, yeah,
1: oh my God, It doesn't
0: take much to knock you off a bike,
1: well, <sighs> yeah i i I went over the hood of somebody who made a left in front of me, which is how absolutely every like every motorcycle wreck that's exactly what happened. Somebody turned left in front of you because they didn't see you, yeah, and I remember just being so mad. I was physically totally fine, right, but he he my handlebars were bent cuz it was my first bike that had metal handlebars right. and he just bent them back like the driver bent them back cuz that's what I was mad about right and he was like okay cool bye right <laughs> and, I, and Don't I was like i was like yeah you know what i'm fine bye right get out of here
0: i got to ride home
1: i got to yeah i just need you to understand that you should look yeah when you're going to make a left you should look that's a good lesson for all of us who who all drive cars um I want to make, I feel like I'm going to get to the end of this. Okay. No, no, no. I feel like I'm going to get to the end and, and feel I like forget. we missed a thousand what things. What did we miss? I don't know.
0: Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. As of today. Yeah. You're a mom of two. Yeah. You look
1: great. Thank you. And you, I kind of, I, I like almost have abs. That's I mean, awesome, huh? I don't want a six pack because Cole thinks that's gross on girls. And what do I you, mean what, sorry how I'll, do
0: you what do you feel about six packs on girls?,
1: uh, I just think it's impressive, you know i I just know that it takes a lot of work, so yeah. i can I see the work that went into that, and I'm like, wow, good and for you.
0: from what I've read, much harder than a six pack for guys,
1: I think so. Uh, I think there are. A lot of things like that, where we actually have to grant that there are differences between these types of bodies. yeah, And they're within a spectrum, you know, that overlaps, surely. But there are things that like, I really like my body. As soon as I stop comparing it to other people's bodies, then right. I love my body. I think I'm, I'm like, I'm so strong. I always think I'm such an athlete, you know, like, I'm so strong and competitive. Look at me. But but, yeah, having two kids did change my body a lot. Uh, it, I actually got r- weirdly, really lean during my pregnancy, my first pregnancy. Really? Yeah. Uh, I never weighed myself, so I don't know how much weight I gained. But I think not much because I think I, by the time I was, like, six months pregnant, I'd gotten really lean. Were you exercising? No. Well, not consistently no. I Were you I was
0: focused on diet?
1: I was just eating small protein servings, you know. Right. And I knew that I I had to get enough protein to be a bodybuilder, which is literally what you're doing, building another body. Right. Not not just building onto your body, but building a body from What's scratch. A, what
0: a great way to think about the word bodybuilder from the perspective yeah. of
1: a mom. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, need, I have to get my protein. Yeah. A- at least one for one. Of course, I don't know how much I weigh, so I don't know how much that is. But, like, a lot of yeah. protein. And so I was just eating small amounts of protein.
0: But, um, okay, were you... Waking up going, I need a pint of Rocky Road and pickles and just not and denying
1: it to yourself? No, no, not at all. Right. Um, I I have strange tastes anyway. Like I love liver and it's extremely nutritious. So Me too. great. Yeah. You do I love yes. liver, yeah. Um I ate like half a pound of liver yesterday and I was like, it's just so good. Keep going. Um I would have just like salty kind of cravings and stuff. So I would like eat olives or whatever, you know? Yeah. I didn't really have crazy cravings. Um what
0: about round two? Crazy cravings?
1: No. No. No, but I knew that I knew I knew my first experience and I was like, I surely at some point during my first pregnancy, I wasn't actually getting enough food. So I'm gonna make sure that I am getting enough food, but also enjoy the fact that like your metabolism is at a level just beyond. And it's a, it's kind of embarrassing to say this because that is it's so different from so many people's experiences. But it's just what happened for me was I didn't change what I was eating, but my all of a sudden I'm my metabolism is like 500 calories faster or whatever it is. So I just got leaner again. And then nursing is way beyond like the calories that it takes to make milk, is crazy. Right, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, I, I I vaguely remember Brandy talking about insatiable hunger while nursing.
1: Yeah, and thirst too, obviously. But like you, it's it's one of those things that, especially in the beginning, you're since you're not at a maintenance point. It's it's starting something new. In the first weeks and months of nursing, my body would, like, just, I was, like, wasting away. Right. My dad knows how much, how deeply interested I am in, like, nutrition and health and how I've gone down experimenting with everything. Like, for years and years and years, I always show up to a holiday with a sugar-free, likely grain-free dessert that I've made. Right. Chocolate cake made with almond flour she and, you know, erythritol or whatever it is. They're delicious. He hasn't had sugar in a long, long time. And it's just like, wow, I feel better. So this is what I'm doing. I'm like, great. I don't really eat sugar, but I will always bake without sugar.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but he recently asked me, uh, you know, I want to lose some weight. What, what should I do? And I was like, only eat the things that you like. Okay. Only eat those things. If you think that, like, you've got a steak on your plate and you need to have some potato salad next to it. No, you don't. That shit is gross. Eat the steak. Or whatever whatever it is for you. Like, right. he's like, I want a glass of wine. Great. Have your steak and a glass of wine. Have a bar of chocolate for all I care. But don't eat other shit that you don't like. Right. Because that's where I've gotten to personally. So that has now become my advice. is like, I only eat the things that I love. Right? Which lends itself a lot of the time to like a keto style. I've never probably been keto because I've always eaten too much protein. But like coffee, bacon, chocolate, almonds, steak. This is this is the things that I want to eat. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my God, broccoli is delicious. Fine, whatever. But but if you only eat like the actual things that you can't live without. Then that you're probably going to be fine, you know, especially if you're like a 70-year-old man, I'm like, good. What do you like? You like eggs for breakfast and a piece of toast? Do that. Right. What do you eat for lunch? Okay, so stop doing with the whatever extra this and that. Just eat the thing that you like. If you're not hungry for lunch? Don't eat lunch. Yeah. There's no rule that says you have to eat lunch. Yeah. Don't eat lunch if you're not hungry. Okay, you get hungry later. Good. Have a snack or whatever. Like, right. Just just keep it to the simplest things that work for you. Yeah. That's what I. That's what I really, really like.
0: Yeah, this is this is one of those um tricky things where language mm. for me, yeah, can play a number on me mentally. Yeah, and like I read Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Body, and yeah, he's like, and have a cheat day, and I'm like,
1: right, cheat. I know. I used to go ape shit on cheat days yeah, like, I, I would
0: plan it out and yeah. it, and it would ruin the whole week yeah and so <laughs> when i there's multiple parts of us right and there's multiple voices in my head going like is such an interesting word Eat what you like what do i like you know mm, well
1: what what does that do for you what do you
0: there's a there's a there's a version of me that likes to take a Big Mac
1: mm-hmm. and
0: layer it with fries and then dump sweet and sour sauce on it.
1: Okay. That
0: is something I like. I see. Do you see what I mean? Well,
1: see, but I would, I would argue then, like, if you weren't doing a specific regimen, which you are. Yeah. Are you still doing, like, essentially no fat?
0: No, because I'm on maintenance, so the thing that okay. increases is fat. So, like, I have an avocado today in two of my meals, which gives me my fat. And everything I eat has a little bit of fat in it. Yeah. But yes, it's low fat.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Well, anyway, I would say if you weren't doing a specific regimen and you were just somebody that was talking to me and telling me that's what you like to do with the sweet and sour sauce and everything, I'd be like, all right, then that's your dinner. Right. Great. Eat that for dinner. Yeah. And then for breakfast, have like balance it out a little bit. You know, let's find out how many calories that is. That's half of your day's calories. Yes. No problem then. Have like a shake or whatever for breakfast and have like a salad or something for lunch. And then you get to have that for dinner.
0: We're putting and Every governors, fucking night if you
1: want. Yes. Yeah. We're
0: putting governors on what we like. Yeah. Yes. that There is a version of me that goes like, I like the weight I'm at now. Yeah. So I want to eat towards that. And, I, and there are certainly things I can find within that Realm that work, you know, stuff I like. Yeah. Uh, in a way of eating that I enjoy the food. I've been working on, and I hate the word, I've said it a few times, and it makes me, it literally makes my stomach <laughs> have a physical reaction when I say what, what? it. What? Mindfulness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this whole thing, you know, but like I'll sit and, and, and try to pay attention to how much I'm eating. But, but I, everything's measured. Right. And then, I'm like going like a normal person has physical cues that they innately respond to that stops them from eating. Do I even have that? I don't even know if I have that.
1: Well, then it doesn't matter when you already know how much you're going to, you just finish what's on your plate because you pre-measured it and be done with it. That's why I like as much as like the environmentalist in me knows it's the worst thing ever, but like individually packaged, single serving, everything, single serving friends. Um, that, I love that. Yeah. I love it. Give me like a, you know, a six ounce yogurt or a protein bar that's just its own entity. There's no more. You just eat that and then you're done with it. Right. I love that because then, because if you give, if I give myself a family size bag of chips, I'll eat the whole thing. Yeah. And that's not a problem for me now that I understand how that works. I've, I've finally found the perfect middle ground between the you know, the eat clean and the if it meets your mac- macros, people like yeah. I am eating mostly clean and it fits my macros ish because I didn't calculate them. But I know that I'm actually getting leaner and eating a full size family's eight serving bag of chips. Right. So, like, I'm happy. I'm yeah. psyched. Yeah. The, na- the name of the game for me has always been maintaining muscle. Yeah. It's always been getting enough protein. So in the times where I have had a lot of extra body weight, I have still eaten essentially like what you could consider properly because all the dry periods of no exercise, I didn't lose a lot of muscle. Right. So that's why I think oddly my body composition has gotten better because like every phase I have of getting interested in some exercise or committing to some kind of exercise, I've Maintained from there to wherever the next phase is where I do more consistent exercise. Yeah. So yeah, my, my I'm at the same probably weight that I, I'm 10 pounds heavier than I was when I was 23. Can't tell, but I look a lot better. Right. I look better. 10 pounds heavier. Right. You know, it's, it's just like one of the things it's, I'm getting to experience my 20s now in my late 30s yeah. <laughs> as far as like a body because my health at that time was not great. It was yeah. really – I had a really rough time in my 20s with a lot of inflammation and all kinds of hormonal issues and stuff. So I'm lucky that I finally got my health under control. Right. But cycling helped
0: cycling helped
1: because I was on a thyroid medication. And one of the reasons besides fatigue and hair loss that I was on a a thyroid medication was because it was easy for me to gain weight. And when I lost all that weight, just like you, just like the weight falls off of you when you're cycling. I went to my doctor and I was like, I don't want to take this anymore. Look, I'm look, I'm skinny. And And he was like, "Okay, well, let's test your thyroid levels. You're at the low end of normal, but you're in normal range. Cool. If you want to stop taking it, let's wean you off. Right. And that's and how that I, was it? Yeah.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And so I'm, now I'm like, dope. I don't ever wanna go back to that. <laughs> right. To having to take a medication if I don't have to. Yeah. I've really like the caffeine. Really hit me, and I just took over talking I about my own love. It life and history. Yeah,
0: but that's it. It's all that. Like
1: it's so good. Good. It's so I got yeah. to air out a lot of so my, my personal yeah. stuff here.
0: People are gonna get something really, really nice out of that. I hope so. EC, thank you.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: And now for some Q and A's. So Brian wants to know about chicken. In a podcast, Ethan mentioned he eats chicken thighs. Was curious, does he get them bone in or boneless and with skin or without? How do you cook them? Okay, I don't really eat. Thank you for the question. I don't really eat chicken thighs anymore. Chicken thighs were my go-to on keto. Um, And that would be when I was going onto like a strict version of keto. I would... You know, cut out all processed foods, cut out cheese, and then wind up eating chicken thighs, almost exclusively chicken thighs and some veggies. Um, I think uh, chicken thigh cooked with the bone and the skin tastes a little bit better, but you can't, I couldn't always find that. And so mostly I would be eating um, just boneless, skinless chicken thighs. And they're pretty easy to cook. I would make like a slurry with olive oil and Dijon mustard, coat them in that, throw them in the oven 400 degrees for like 20 minutes. Boom, they're done. And just have a giant Tupperware container full of those in uh, my fridge. That's what I would go. That would, that would be what I would eat when I was eating chicken thighs. I haven't really eaten a chicken thigh in, in a couple of years at this point, but that was my keto uh food of choice protein of choice yeah if you have a question you would like me to answer on the podcast please submit it to americanglutton.net thanks for listening to this episode of american glutton i'm ethan suplee and as always joined by my chaperone Paige dorian follow us on instagram at american glutton podcast sincerely